and welcome to Provoke, a podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I am your host, Brian Wilder, and we are recording in the beautiful Evoke Advertising Studios in Orlando, Florida. And on today's episode, we are going to talk about the future of esports and how advertisers can and should capitalize on its exponential rise. We're going to get Sam Cook and Ian Troiano, who is our senior account coordinator, to kind of come in and both both of whom are very avid gamers uh, to come in and kind of really just, you know, talk shop, wax poetic on on what's real and what's not in the world of esports. But before we get to that. I want to tell you a brief story about the first game I ever played. I believe it was about 93, 94, maybe 95. Um, I can't even remember the name of the computer, but the game was Prince of Persia. And I didn't, obviously I didn't play it on an Xbox or any, any, of, the, any of the PlayStation consoles. I played it through a five and a half inch floppy disk. Yeah, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. I am just that old. Um... I'll never forget it. It was a side scroller. It was it, well, it had a side scroller. Yeah, it had side scroller um elements, but um everything was in beautiful <laughs> beautiful 8-bit resolution. <laughs> Maybe 16, but I'm pretty sure it was 8. Um and it is very similar to a lot of the the Prince of Persia games that you you know and love and have played in recent history, but again, it was it was on a it was on a floppy disk. So, and I don't even know if any of you remember floppy disks out there, please uh email us at provok provoke at evocat.com so we can be old together. Uh but yeah, it was a, it was it was a fantastic game and it really kind of opened my eyes to what gaming could accomplish for people the power of gaming so to speak uh, and 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 really just kind of brought to light what gaming could be um and and, and that was at a young age it was probably like what 10 10 11 um but yeah it, it was it was it was the first game i ever remember playing and it changed my life so i can only understand i can definitely understand why esports has had such a prolific rise in the past five to seven five to seven years and 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 we're really gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive into it and kind of see just what marketers and advertisers can really do to capitalize on not only just capitalize on it um because i don't want to sound like we're trying to take advantage of the industry but really form a sincere bond with people who not only play the games but they that they love but love the games that they play so with that said we're going to get straight into it all right everybody and we are back um i'd like to welcome my guest into the studio today say hi to everybody out there in podcast land hi Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump right into it. Um, esports, what is it? What is this esports? <laughs> Talk about it. Um, so esports is the online multiplayer mm-hmm. competitive play mm-hmm. of various video games. Okay. Um, I mean, you sound like experts already. Uh- <laughs> it stands for electronic sports. <laughs> <laughs> So what what kind of experience do you two have uh, with you? I mean, I've um, heard I've heard some grumblings here and there, but kind of give us like the the full rundown of your your experiences with esports. Okay, sir. A- anybody? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm basically just a gamer, so you know, <laughs> no big uh, deal. No big deal. <laughs> um, I think just the natural progression is that um, I happen to play a game which is uh, popular competitively, mm-hmm. which is League of Legends. Okay. Um, yeah. Probably the most 
currently absolutely esports game absolutely um so that's where i stand so league of legends i is something i also play um mm-hmm. it is a ma- multiplayer online battle arena or a moba for Ooh. the rest of this podcast okay um we're gonna get into a lot of i i can't avoid it mm-hmm. it's difficult to talk about these about esports without delving into the jargon a little bit yeah of course but of course. i am a former and now that you can do this i am a former mm. Soul Caliber for competitive player. Oh gosh! Um, <laughs> Put that so on the business card. I, I should. Yeah. Um, so I think I won like fifty dollars in go. like two tournaments back money. when I was yeah. playing Magic: The Gathering, <laughs> which is a card game. Oh, yeah. I haven't played that in a while. I know it's been a very long time for me, but um, yeah, I was B rank internationally, okay. um, which is like okay. It's like getting a B in school. Not bad. And then um, I placed third in two tournaments. Okay. Um, so eSports bridges the gap between physical tournaments um, that used to be played at uh, convention halls mm-hmm. or at smaller comic book stores um, into the international realm by giving it an online platform so that a bunch of people can watch it. So League of Legends and Dota, which mm-hmm. is another MOBA, um, and Counter-Strike Global Offensive, or CSGO, um, are all really giant. There's a lot of acronyms. A lot of acronyms. Yeah. In this industry. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So it's, it kind of moved from, because I remember, like, LAN parties. Yeah, so you would yeah. you would just lug your 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 console or your CPU over your friend's house or like you were saying to convention centers or like yeah. very smaller comic so book I stores. I played Tira in Soul Calibur. Okay. Um, who is like the crazy girl? Okay. Um, but she was one of the like higher skill cut players. Okay. Um, so you were like you would have a giant LAN party basically mm-hmm. and show up to this um like convention hall or basically just like a glorified like cafeteria type deal. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Or, yeah. Or, or and, a, a literal cafeteria yeah and you register <laughs> and you, you get go. bracketed and you play yeah. mm-hmm. um and it's either best of three okay. or it's luck of the draw until finals and then it's best of three gotcha um or best of five depending okay. on on the fighting game so like old tekken tournaments used to be best of five okay so i mean lately i'd say probably what over the past five years or so we've seen an exponential rise in the popularity actually started 10 years ago oh yes it's been a it's been a way longer period okay. of time it's invented than by the mayans yes <laughs> <laughs> um, we have ancient scripts 10 million years ago all right <laughs> there there are cave drawings yeah so um in 2011 mm-hmm. the first world championship league of legends um, tournament was held. And that's when Twitch uh, was when Twitch the started. advent of Twitch was 2011 as well. So. Really? Yeah. I Those feel like that I was on know. Twitch so much longer than that. Nope. No, it's very hmm. recent. They only added creative to Twitch last year. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, but for those that don't know, Twitch is an online gaming streaming um, service, mm-hmm. kind of like YouTube, where right. you can subscribe to people. And when they're online, you get a notification and you can watch them play video games. Um, they've expanded it so that you can watch people do drawing streams or crafting streams um, and it is categorized by game that they are playing. Okay. So if you want to watch a World of Warcraft stream or a Hearthstone stream or an Overwatch stream, keeping it in the Blizzard family, um, you can I see where your allegiance games. lies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can click on those games and um, see people that are famous playing it and they're mm-hmm. famous because of esports. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially how uh, the, the growth happens so fast was that you, like you were saying, you came from uh, you know, lugging with stuff over to LAN parties and yeah. you would, in convention centers and uh, hotel lobbies or mm-hmm. whatever. 
uh, and now that you know Twitch came about, it basically created this like distribution network for tournaments to stream the, themselves, and it gave opportunities for players and other teams uh, to just you know, play their games. And, Absolutely, you know, earn revenue that way. So it just kind of like became the what is you know uh, cable network to sports. Hmm. Um, esports so so for contrast this last year in 2016 the most recent world championship for league of legends competitive professional play okay the grand prize for first place was two million dollars yeah two million six hundred and eighty thousand dollars wow so two two point six eight million yes and that was was that for like one winner like one over grand champion kind of thing between five people five people okay Um, still not a bad chunk of change and their and their coaches who make um I think they make less than the players now. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. So, so, so let's back up real quick. They're the the gamers have coaches. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. okay. And they, you know, they have their own little like uh, score, little cards, and like their their play. Like play keeping like a stats. Like book? literally, it's it's quite. I mean, you even have at this point, um, you know, uh, what you see on ESPN, like uh, analysts, analyst tables before wow. before <laughs> events, and they would like analyze. Okay. What do you think is going to happen here? Uh, and then they, after the the games are over, they have play by plays and like, uh, it's pretty it's pretty intense at this point. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I had absolutely no idea that there were there were coaches right. and analysts. But I mean, yeah. it's, it's natural if you think about it. It's really just esports is just another mm-hmm. uh, entertainment source, and of course, it's going to have you know just as sports does like traditional sports, you're going to have sure. people wanting to talk about it and really get into the nitty gritty and analyze it. So. Yeah. 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 I think that it grew so exponentially because um, there's an interactive element to it. Okay. So as a player of the game, um, as someone who used to play CSGO, mm-hmm. um, and someone who currently plays League of Legends, and I have played that game for four years now, mm-hmm. since season four. Um, so as someone who plays that game, it's really awesome to watch people that are really skilled uh-huh. and know a lot about the game play the game. And learn as much as I can, and then open up the game and go onto the rift and play it myself. So you're not just um, you're not just like tuning into baseball mm-hmm. and watching baseball. You're tuning into esports, watching things, learning a little bit, and then developing it into your own play. And you're having fun the entire time. So I think it's safe to say that it. it, it what helped that growth is that it removed that physicality limitation. Yeah. Exactly. That that's very traditional in most mm-hmm. sports, yeah. traditional sports. Yes. Um, and it's so accessible. Yeah. Um there mm-hmm. are people that have, you know, multiple disabilities that are able to pick up video games and play. Okay. There are people it's really accepting um as a community because you can be from any walk of life mm-hmm. um and it has expanded to a crazy international market. Absolutely. Uh, my computer thinks I'm Korean. Why is that? Um, because I watch, um, if you're really into esports, um, you can watch Korean streams with an American translator. Okay. So basically, um, instead of tuning in directly to the stream, I tune into a Twitch stream gotcha. with someone also watching it and translating it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can watch a Korean stream without the language barrier. Um, or you can read subtitles while you watch it. Um, but the search terms are still in uh, Korean. Mm-hmm. So when I search for either esports or beauty products, I end up getting served um, Korean SEO. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, no, no. Speaking to the the globalization of it all, like, do you guys see like a certain 
preference, like game preference based on region? Like people in America, do they tend to play certain games more than people in in Asia or in Korea? Like, because I know that a lot of there are a couple of my friends who are really into StarCraft. Ooh. And StarCraft is not something I really hear people mention much stateside, but really? um, Japan, Korea are big fans oh, of StarCraft. Yeah, big StarCraft. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily there's any sort of um, barriers like that. Okay. I think with StarCraft, it's just that Korean players are just so good at <laughs> StarCraft that uh, the U.S. has just given up and they've moved on, <laughs> as we always do. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's how it is. Just, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's... In Korea, it's extremely popular. Esports is, I mean, almost akin to a religion. Um, wow. It's, I mean, if You're you look right. at like, but then again, if you look at uh, football in mm-hmm. the U.S., mm-hmm. I mean, in Texas, it's basically a religion. Yeah. So um, it's just you know differences in culture there. But as far as like games per se, no, I wouldn't say there's necessarily like a uh, one region just plays this game. It's usually they're all playing it. Uh, oh, to okay. some degree. Because play is very easy. It's very easy to hold an international tournament. Um, because you're connecting through the internet Mm. so if you want to not that someone could organize this yeah but um large companies will sponsor teams um that are part of subset teams so you have an overreaching organization that has a fighting game team that has a league of legends team that has a dota team and that has a csgo team So they're all under the same like corporate umbrella Mm -hmm. and they're sponsored by the same corporations and that's how they make their money. But um, they're across a bunch of different platforms, um, console to PC, they're, you know, type of game to type of game Mm -hmm. um, because StarCraft is a MMORPG. Yeah. Uh, I do not know. I think it's a, no. I think it would massive be multiplayer, Star- multiplayer Star- online role playing Star- game. That's an RTS. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, let me correct you. There. All the acronyms uh, today. All the acronyms. Um, so yeah, as an RTS, um, StarCraft is way different in play style mm-hmm. than Dota, Overwatch, or okay, League of yeah, Legends, which are sense. all technically MOBAs. But yeah, falling off of that, it's what you basically you have now, where it, you can imagine, like let's say we do traditional sports. It would be as if the New York Yankees um, was multiple sports. So let's say there was a there was a basketball New York Yankees and an NHL New York Yankees and a football New York Yankees. Huh. Now the New York Yankees are this like giant collaborative, just huge, huge brand. Yeah. And they have these different teams that they represent. Okay. So the same thing. So like in Korea, for example, there's a team literally called Samsung Galaxy. Hmm. It's owned by Samsung. Okay. Uh, and they just use that as their pedestal. And they have sub teams. Yeah, and they have subs- I believe that one does not have sub teams. Oh, okay. No, that one's League of Legends only. Yeah, that one's oh, League okay. Legends. But there are other teams such as um, which are their own brands. Like uh, you wouldn't recognize like Team Liquid and uh, Team Dignitas, and they have and they span across like these other games like Counter Strike and League of Legends. Um, but obviously they're their own brands. They don't necessarily represent like they're not like a Logitech, but they are sponsored by those. Their teams are. So there's like a legitimate like franchisee approach to this. Yeah. Yes. Huh. And they've recently, there's been some drama mm. in the esports world. Oh, yeah? Um, well, they, they had to adjust the amount that these people were making. Um, that the, the players were the making? the players were making and that the shoutcasters were making. So you know how like you tune into Sports Center and there's a sportscaster? Yeah. In esports, there's a shoutcaster. Okay. So Same they thing. were adjusting <laughs> because they have to put someone up. Say they're, they're going to do a nine-week tournament in Seoul. 
Yeah. You have to fly your employee sportscaster out to Korea, mm-hmm. put them up, or give them a stipend to get temporary or semi-permanent housing. Okay. And then they are contracted to work for that full amount of time, plus a little bit extra, in case there are any extra games that need to be played, or there's a bonus event. So they were being paid a flat fee for all of that time worked Uh and not being given bonuses. So they adjusted all that so that it was a little bit more fair and that it was on par with the fame level that these people were, were sort of getting. Um, because your day doesn't end mm-hmm. when the tournament is over. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, if we can jump into the monetization thing. For sure, yeah. Let's um, yeah, so how, how do you make money? Like, so, how does that work? So individual players um, have a couple of options. We should do, like, individual players and then teams and then, like, organizations. Works for me. Okay. Um, so individual players, mm-hmm. when they are done, say say it's the off season. Right now we're in the we're on Friday starts the the uh, the regular season. <laughs> um, so are there like draft <laughs> parties and stuff like that? No, there's no draft. Um, you just get there's, lucky. You just get lucky. Basically, I mean, players you get can't good. Be, uh, yeah, traded. Not, there's really no free agent system. Okay. Per se. Yeah. So it's not as organized as many of the traditional yeah, sports, yeah, but it's, but it's, it's, it's a it's a, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Okay. Because it just blew up really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, five years and we have, you know, a cash prize sh- rocketing up to yeah, mo- uh, in the, million the millions. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Um, but as an individual player, um, you have to train for the normal season. And then when you go home, mm-hmm. um, you can use Twitch or YouTube or a combination of the two to make a supplemental income based on ads and okay. based on people that donate to your Twitch streams because they like your content. Okay. So you not only have to be a really skilled player, you also have to know how to build a community and you have to understand how to run social media. And there's an entire industry popping up based around editing esports videos okay. and churning them out for YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but YouTube recently has kind of taken a, a revenue hit um, and their their ad spend has decreased a little bit okay. due to some controversies. Okay. So um, Twitch seems to be, Twitch and Patreon right now seem to be the most profitable individual player um, platforms for, for, for making extra money. Okay. Because if you're on an esports team, either you like live in your individual house and you have to report um, to tournaments all the time which is a lot of personal travel expense mm-hmm. or you buy a house with the rest of your teammates and your coaches so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so there are, there are esports teams that like they all live in the same house okay they all you know share meals and they just practice all the time and they have their own individual spaces to do like their own streams and stuff like that but it's a lifestyle. It's, You're living like a professional you, sports player. Yeah, huh. you, could, you could relate it to, like, let's say, imagine if LeBron had uh, a, just a camera and you were, you get to watch his off-season training just whenever you want hmm. or whenever he's streaming, per se. Okay. Right? And you just you just check out LeBron and watch him whenever. That's basically what they're doing. And then their people are serving ads and they have uh, different their sponsors that are kind of, like, appear on the screen yeah. as they play. So it would be the same thing. as like hmm. if LeBron's playing, like, you know, he's just, he's just training, and then you see a Nike logo pop up or maybe a Nike ad plays for 30 seconds when he's taking a break. It's no different than that. Um, but they also earn salaries and such. Yeah, they earn salaries. But the, main, but the main, you know, revenue for the industry would be the sponsorships and the endorsements that yeah. are made in the, um, the advertisements that play during these events and the ticket sales and, 
Yeah, I just the the wheels are spinning in my head. I could totally picture like like a like a nerdy version of real world where we keep it, you know, we put seven strangers in a house, you know. Well, they all basically. Yeah. Well, there's a common goal. Mm-hmm. Um and the thing about esports is that it's kind of like playing football. You have a very short period of time that you can play esports professionally mm-hmm. before you kind of burn out. I don't think that right, yeah. it's it's difficult for you to continue playing for a very long time. Okay. You either transition into the YouTube space, you transition into content creation, you transition into being a coach. Being a coach or a sportscaster. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, or you know, you retire and and you are pretty set on yeah. on your expenses, but you know, you still spent like 5 or 6 years working really hard at yeah. a video game. Yep. So what would be the, the shelf life of the average competitive gamer compared to that of like a, a professional athlete? So you're, you know, a professional athlete to probably play in their prime between the ages of like 22 and maybe 30. Is that about the, so that's about an eight year span. Like, is that, is that, is a competitive gamer usually yeah. shorter than the that? age span is wider. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not really sure on the, the actual numbers, but I've, I've read that it, the average player ends um, their career like 25, 26. But they really? Start at, at like, like, what, 16? 16, 17, 18. Your gotcha. started at 16. 16 years old. That's all you need is just if you're a good player, mm-hmm. which doesn't require much, uh, you know, physical prowess, yeah. um, then, you know, you can start early, which, yeah, so I'd say it's pretty similar, you know, a good, maybe maybe a decade tops. Wow, okay. You know, past that, um, you know, they usually move on to coaching or streaming and just use that as their main source of revenue. <laughs> and what's cool about it is that we haven't really seen that play out. Yeah, I mean, it's still a fairly young yeah, it's still really young. Um, industry. Uh, a couple of older players, you know. Um, Define older. But people that were in the scene in competitive play for like four or five years. When and started. then when it started. Okay. And then have now retired. Probably, probably 30 now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> retirement at 30. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's like the eldest. Yeah, the they retired. year old. But they still continue to like play the game. They still continue to, you know, give their opinions. Yeah, and... they'll show up as like guest analysts and such. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they're still an active part of the community, even if they're not, even if they're retired players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of the community, like what's, like, how would you describe the esports community? Does it vary? Is it very inclusive? Is it a situation where you might be here in Orlando, but you could be friends with someone halfway across the world who you competitively game with? Um, some games are region locked for server stress reasons. Okay. Okay. Um, but I have friends all across the United States that I play video games with. Okay. I have friends in Minnesota. I have friends in California. I have friends as close as Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And my only point of contact with them is is sort of through these games mm-hmm. or through Discord, um, which is like a, it's like Skype. Okay. But um, the, the way that esports teams sort of play out, mm-hmm. um, there's like fandom surrounding each team. So it's it's like being really into the Yankees. Okay. And that's like your team. Like some people are very into Team Solomid, TSM, mm-hmm. and that's like their esports team and they follow it. Um, some people are really into um, like evil geniuses because they follow the, that's one that I'm a fan of because um, they follow the fighting game circuit. Okay. Yeah. So there are different types of, like we'd mentioned before, it, outside of 
RTS and MMORPGs and MOBAs. You're doing it. You're just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> there are also there are also competitive leagues and just tournaments for like just like just regular fighting games mm-hmm. and and first person shooters. Yeah, and those first person shooters not so much you can play those mm-hmm. online as well as in person. Okay. But fighting game tournaments are almost always in person. Okay. You can't, you know, really hold you can stream them mm-hmm. but it's difficult to stream a lot of people competing all at the same time gotcha so you sort of have to attend an event and you know really go go to see a fighting game tournament okay um and they make considerably less money um so the the highest paid league of legends player is named faker and uh, overall, on uh, over the course of his career, mm-hmm. he has made one million forty-seven thousand six hundred and six dollars. Wow! Just out of total prize money. Okay. Um, the top earning player of esports is a Dota player. Okay. Um, and over sixty-two tournaments, he's made two point seven million dollars. Um, that's in prize money. That's in prize money. Yeah. Like money that he's taken home, or she. Is he? He and has taken over. Esports is very male dominated. Okay. Right. And that doesn't even take into account their salaries, which is six figures. Mm-hmm. League of Legends players is average six figures right now. Mm-hmm. And that's with like with sponsorships and stuff like that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. So there are some recognizable brands that sponsor these teams. Um, yeah. Axe Body Spray. Oh, okay. Okay. Red Bull. Uh-huh. Monster Energy. Yeah. These um, are all you know usual suspects, I feel yeah. like, that, that kind of go hand in hand with gaming. Yeah. Uh-huh. Geico. Yeah. Well, I mean, insurance. You know, if you're spending long hours in front of a chair, in front of a screen, you know, there's, you you know, there are certain health concerns that that could come into play later on. Yeah, and I think the idea there is just they know the millennials are there. I mean, that's the majority. You know, you're looking at 18 to 24 year olds Mm -hmm. as the majority of the market. So if they want people to sign up early to Geico and just get that in, then right, you don't don't, don't leave if you're. You don't want to leave. You, you want the cheapest prices. You just want the cheapest prices to be done. Yeah. So it's yeah, the demographics there, and mm-hmm. uh, so they can stretch it. I mean, you'll see a lot of consumer electronic uh, companies like Logitech and HTC and Samsung. And okay. All those that have like they develop peripherals for gaming. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's it's easier to market to because it's a, that's exactly what you're looking at. But um, you know, other companies like to push it a bit, like okay. Axe Body Spray. It's just yeah. hey, it's the millennials. They're they're watching. Let's just you know, why not let's advertise. Why not? So it's a bunch of smelly gamers in a room. <laughs> exactly. Make yeah. them smell like yep. a exactly. seventh grade locker room. Yep. <laughs> so the the nerds are slowly starting to inherit the earth. More or less. <laughs> what does that mean to us as advertisers, as marketers, as people who are trying to find ways to capture that content and, and get our own message out there? Why should we care? Um, I think that it is getting easier as, you know, the advent of technology to sort of gauge um, where your markets lie. Uh-huh. I think that that's one of the truest and most obvious statements that I could make right now. Okay. Um, yes. You know, it's just easier to gather information. But one of the easiest per- people to, some of the easiest people to gather information from are those that spend a lot of time online. Mm-hmm. So, um Tapping into these markets mm-hmm. and understanding that they're going to watch a lot of online video, they're going to watch a lot of um, ads in between matches. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to, you know, have purchase decisions influenced 
by what they're seeing competitive gamers use. Like, okay. I have Gunner glasses. I have a HyperX headset. I have these brands that competitive players use because okay. I like them and they're shiny. <laughs> and they were generally made affordable to me through ad spends. Okay. So, um, if you, you know, are looking to launch... Um, a campaign that's gamer focused this is the place to do it Mm -hmm. and you will never get a bigger market than this market it is growing so big so fast so huge all of a sudden um and gaming is split pretty 50 50 male female down the middle right now okay um and even through like app style games um, it's really easy to not that there's like tournaments on those, yeah. But it's really easy to advertise because you can, you know, put a little ad on the bottom of a YouTube reroll, little yeah, ad on absolutely. the sidebar, absolutely. Um, and you know, get your name out there mm-hmm. in that way. You just have to discover, you know, is this my demographic? What is the drive here? What are they looking to buy? Um, and that's why I get a lot of like, you know, Taco Bell ads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the, the day, stereotypes they are still get there. the market. Right. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're just looking for, you know, how many eyes can I get on my product? And mm-hmm. is this my target audience? If it's millennials, I can guarantee you esports is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless your product is so far fetched that you're sure it won't relate to uh, the viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, I guess coming from someone whose gaming experiences these days are pretty much like Rayman Legends. Yo, uh, which a is a game. great game. It's a I fantastic game. Oh, um, so, what what what's a piece of advice from the from the two of you? There are some 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 advice that you could give for marketers who are trying to dive into this space without you know coming off as too pandering. You know what I mean? Um, the pandering factor is okay, <laughs> in my opinion, because like you know why you're there. Yeah, there's no trying to hide behind like layers of curtains and, uh-huh. and you know get your marketing across yeah in a backwards way it's not really the way that it plays out in esports gotcha i've bought headphones that were directly like these are the best headphones on the market buy these headphones and i was like I <laughs> okay <buy> headphones. <laughs> sold yeah. <laughs> yeah you could go the more subtle route like uh, these you know consumer electronic people are doing like uh, logitech and just have uh, a badge on the team on the players uh you know jacket mm-hmm. or, it's like nascar or you know the endorsements oh, where okay. you're wearing the they're all wearing the same headset because they're all going to be whatever you know sponsoring them they're all wearing logitech headsets or hyperx headsets mm-hmm. you know, that's the more subtle route or you could just go um you know very blatant just advertise via twitch mm-hmm. and just show a 15 second ad that you know would relate to a millennial um like like you're saying like uh, taco bell or even geico is a little bit of stretch and um you know, it's the market's there. So yeah, yeah, so there are opportunities. It's just being able to, you're just knowing your audience, mm-hmm. like we, we've we've always to... discussed, and just like getting getting a message out there that's that's relevant. Yeah. Without being too, I don't know, just like uh, pandering, like yeah. But I also think that you shouldn't be too afraid. Okay. Because there are so many like. Yes, I play a lot of video games. Uh-huh. Um, yes, I, you know, I'm really focused in that world, but that doesn't mean that I'm not also interested in other things. So opening up those options as platforms like Twitch, like uh, YouTube, like other streaming services, mm-hmm. um, even even some, you know, extra video services like Vimeo and stuff like that. Okay. Um, sometimes some leaks stuff pops up in there too, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, not being afraid and using some some tricky SEO, you could be able to say, okay, this person plays video games and goes and gets her nails done. Uh-huh. 
you know, I can advertise to this person even if video gaming isn't necessarily the niche that you're looking to go for. Okay. You can still see, okay, this user also goes on these platforms. Yeah. You could advertise there. That is And serve an it only to that demographic. So you just have to be smart about the where you're placing ads and when you're placing ads. I mean, yeah, simply put, you know, advertise via Twitch and you're probably set. <laughs> um, you're probably set. You know, if you either you're the, either you're sponsoring these teams directly and uh-huh. people can see your products on them. Okay. Um, or you're advertising via a streaming service like Twitch or even like maybe YouTube Live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you set up just redirects, um, you know, you do some programmatic buys and just you have uh, like if someone's searching on Twitch and they're looking – Basically, any user that goes to Twitch, if mm-hmm. you can just retarget them uh, and set up ads to uh, just pop up when they're, you know, anywhere. Um, as long as they visit that space, you know that they're most likely a millennial, most likely a gamer. Um, your ad's going to relate in some way. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's some really good words of wisdom there. But that's all of the marketing secrets we are going to share with y'all. The rest of that is proprietary. Evoke advertising, okay? Oh, God. All right. <laughs> so um, we're going to move into uh, the next segment. My favorite segment, as always. Um, take it or leave it. Woo. Sam, you're a veteran. You know how this works. I Ian, this. I'd like to think that you know how this works, but um, we're going to pretend that the people out there in podcast land don't know, so I'm going to explain it real quick. Take it or leave it is a, a segment where we kind of take a round-robin, rapid-fire look at trends, ads, any kind of saying, phrase, term that pertains to whatever we're talking about on the current episode. Okay. Um, so, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. First topic: the console versus PC war. Take it, it or leave it. Leave it. Leave, leave it. it. <laughs> that conversation's over. <laughs> <laughs> A filthy casual would say that. Ooh. Yeah. I, I, I mean, words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the console versus PC war debate started. I don't even know how long. Ago. Yeah. Again, created by the Mayans or something. But, <laughs> but I, it was the whole argument was just that. It was about uh, computing power. It was basically what it was. Yeah. You know, and I think nowadays it's really hard to argue that consoles are in any way, shape, or form objectively more powerful than PCs. It's just mm-hmm. not true. I mm-hmm. mean, the technology that goes into them is by the time uh, the next console was released, PC is already ahead a couple of years. <laughs> but yeah, hear me. <laughs> Where did my parents go wrong? <laughs> um, but it's just the fact that was where it stemmed from. And I just say, leave it like, if you think consoles are better, you're objectively wrong. That's the, that's found the, the found the PC master race representative over here. <laughs> See, I just don't think that it matters. Uh-huh. It doesn't. Yeah, I just like yes, I have a, a PC at home. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've built my own computer before with like a five hundred dollar graphics card sunk into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have spent a lot of time researching, making sure that my computer is top of the line. Yeah, but you can do that with anything, mm-hmm. or you can just have the ease of use. Go and buy a PS4, not an Xbox One, and just, you know, sit down and play. And as long yeah. as you're having fun, that's all that matters. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not or sure if I... You get a I... PC and not be a filthy I mean, casual. It's different. I mean, as, as like, uh, people are moving away from uh, couch, you know, gaming, mm-hmm. where you're hanging out with your friends and playing games, and mm-hmm. now they're moving towards more, everyone's kind of just siloed. That's where PC kind of shines. But I think you look at, like, uh, companies like Nintendo are trying to bring back that and that's really where their brand excels is having like family friendly family oriented 
games for sure to bring people together yeah so that's it still exists and has its own place <laughs> yeah so yeah. consoles if you're trying to be social pcs if you're just trying to like be by yourself in a cave PCs. for eight hours or excuse me computers in general if you're just trying to be by yeah, yourself or if you have the budget because pcs are expensive yeah, yeah. so but i think that's PCs what turns are a lot of people if you're up. trying to win yeah, <laughs> yeah. pcs so, are for winners yeah pcs are for winners <laughs> consoles are for losers that's the end of the story okay um so next topic women in the esports industry take it or leave it i wish i could take it like i wish that i could like I wish that I could say like yeah, like I'm really happy with <laughs> with a bunch of women in the in the industry, but they're just not there. Uh, they're just not there. And there were uh, there was one all women professional esports team for like 0.5 seconds. Oh, yes. Okay. And then they got flamed out of the industry forever, and now none none of them stream anymore. So it's was there so was there any particular reason behind that? It was just because they were women, um, and it was no, just weird to guys. They were under a big le- like lens. Like okay, they got you know pigeonholed really hard into being like, yeah, we're gonna be the best women, oh, we're gonna win everything. Gotcha. But they were really mean to some people on the on the competitive track. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've heard. <laughs> so, so they say. They, so the uh, legends have they told They kind of got blacklisted. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, um, but there is one one of the top earning female players um, is actually a trans woman and is a huge inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. She started as a Tekken player um, and now plays Street Fighter professionally. Okay, um, and she was the 2016 Canada Cup five v five winner. Oh, um, wow. for people that like fighting games, so okay. they are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be you know there there are gamer like gay gamer okay. conventions as well. So okay. like it's not like the the market isn't there. It's not like the niches aren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not in the competitive scene yet. Just yet. Okay. Yeah, there are a couple of Korean female bench warmers. Okay. Um, you know, I I really wish that I could say like yeah I'm happy, mm-hmm. but it's just not there yet. Gotcha. Um, and I'll I'll continue to su- to support the the industry. Right. Ian, the white man in the room, what do you have to say? <laughs> wow, why thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't know it's, if I say leave it. What does that make? Me, <laughs> does that make me sexist? Because kind of, no, I mean I think that uh, <laughs> unlike traditional sports, where now at this point. You know, you have you basically just have different leagues, mm-hmm. right? You have uh, NBA and the women's NBA. Like they just separated them. Yeah. With with esports, that hasn't happened. I okay. don't expect that to happen. Okay. I think it's just the the opportunity is there for you know women to be on these teams. There's no yeah. barriers. You know, um, so it's there. It's not there yet. Like like Sam saying, um, but there definitely certainly isn't a barrier. And there's no separate leagues just for women sort of thing. So um, it, I think it's just a matter of time before. You know, uh, women gamers sort of uh, make their point. Mm-hmm. And they just take, they just take a couple and they just start entering different teams just mm-hmm. naturally. Just making that instead of making a full woman team and driving, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we're awesome. You know, <laughs> we're gonna take out all the men. <laughs> How dare they? It's just like, hey, you know, we have this awesome, yeah, uh, pl- uh, team, pl- you know, team member who's a woman. Yeah, just happens okay. to be a woman. there's no skill difference. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really. I've had to like buy specialty headphones because mm-hmm. my head's too small. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there's no like skill level difference like it wouldn't be unfair for me to go up against a male player okay right. it would be unfair gotcha. for a female basketball player to go yeah, up against exactly. a male basketball player because you're talking about a difference of a full foot in height okay just physical difference is always yeah. going to be a limiter but with yeah with this it's not you don't it's just have hand-eye coordination and mm-hmm. that's about mm-hmm. it wow so, okay yeah. cool all right next topic 
<laughs> this is one that I kind of added in last minute, but it's always it's always grinding my gears. Um, escort missions Leave in it. video games. <laughs> I'm gonna take it. Ooh, no. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Does anyone hear remember you Bioshock Infinite? Yeah. Yeah. It's Those fantastic escort game. missions were great. Mm-hmm. They were fun. Was the whole game an escort. The mission? whole game. <laughs> <was> an <escort laughs> so you had to bring up an interesting point. So yeah, like she was helpful. She tossed coins at you as hard as she could. <laughs> Just, Just threw a bag of nickels money, at your face. Hand you money and alcohol. Yeah. Booker catch. Right. I yeah, but yeah. I don't Is know. that an escort mission? I, I think that whole yeah. thing was an escort mission. And, and I don't think she had there was any like danger. I don't know if she was ever actually in danger in that game. She was real good at hiding. She just hid all over the place. But you could shoot her. I think like Brian is mentioning like specific escort missions where an escort mission, in my mind, is you know where you, it's a, traditionally a single player game, mm-hmm. and then it's like the equivalent of uh, your your teacher uh, assigning you, um, you know, uh, teams in a science class, mm-hmm. and everyone's partnered up, and you're partnered up with a monkey or something <laughs> like <laughs> the, the, just a useless yeah. team that endangers itself at any opportunity it can. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Just like you know, just that that one section within a mission in a game where you have to lead this NPC from point A to point B while they're just mindlessly running into things over and over and over again. It can be done well. It could be. I would argue that it can be done well. Um, I do remember, like, in Hyrule Warriors, which is one of my favorite games, Mm -hmm. I made the Zelda cosplay from that game. Okay. But um, you have to, like, follow this little fairy child around, Mm -hmm. and she's so slow. (laughs) Like, you'll run halfway across the map. Tell us how you really feel. And she'll just be like, wait for me. (laughs) That sucks. But Mm -hmm. um, my favorite type of escort mission is when you're trying to introduce a friend to a game that's a multiplayer online game and okay. you just like put on this stuff and you like throw armor at them ah. and then you drag them through a dungeon that's like 30 levels too difficult for them and uh-huh. they die constantly uh-huh. that's my favorite kind Sounds of like a bad friend. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that immersion therapy oh okay <laughs> Well, my impatience would come in whenever I'd play um, Super Mario Brothers Wii Ooh. with friends, and there was that that function where you could literally pick them up and carry them that, through the yeah, level. That destroys friendship. <laughs> it really does. Like, it really does. I'd fight with my wife in that game. <laughs> she hated me. We would like not talk to each other. It's just. It's like just jump on the platform. Just time it really quickly. Time it. Just jump. No, no just jump, yeah, and then you finally a, just pick them up and throw them, and they fall into the magma, and then you get into an argument for the rest of the day. Have you all. played oh, yeah. uh, Snipper Clips at all? <laughs> no. No, no, no. That one is for the Nintendo Switch. Okay. And it is adorable. Does anybody own that? Does anybody uh, it's own really a hard to get. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that's what I figured. Here owns a Switch it's super difficult it's to like, grab one of those. Yeah. yeah. I'm still skeptical as to whether or not they exist. But they exist. They're there. <laughs> I have a friend that has one. Okay. I'm mad about it. I'm going to steal it from his house. <laughs> but, um, oh, wow. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's like a that's a multiplayer game where you can pick up your friend or you can run on top of them and you like cut them like a cutout. So like your two pieces oh, of paper. Oh, okay. And you like go and run up to someone and you like you use your body to like cut out a piece of their body like negative space. Okay. And you can run up to your friend and like ruin their game by just like and like just cutting big pieces of their body out. And then they're useless, and they have to like reset themselves constantly in an infinite loop. <laughs> oh my God! It's See, a fun this, game. And it's this is cute. why I hate online multiplayer games. This is an <laughs> online 
fine. This that one certainly is... stems. Yeah, that's yeah. Stuff. any cooperative game, especially online multiplayer, which mm. works as a team, mm-hmm. is just oh, infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you know the people like like they're your Even second then. family. We lovingly uh, call Ian Dad online because he's like, guys, you need to do this right now. And yeah, I'm, I'm just like, like I'm trying to direct the team and lead it and pull us together, and it's just not working. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's great. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, last topic. Um, memes. Gaming memes. Um, so the fact that gamers, or the idea that gamers really love eating Doritos and, <laughs> and Taco Bell, even though we talked about Taco Bell being a yeah. huge sponsor of the huge competitive influencer. gaming industry. Have you seen that episode of South Park where the, the World of Warcraft episode of oh, South Park? Oh, jeez. Who hasn't seen that one? It's so good. <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes of South Park ever. Um, but it's kind of true. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's kind of true. Bit. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, there are some people out there who are gamers that you would never expect to be gamers. So, I mean, for sure. I mean, do I take it or I mean, uh, being a person of color is probably not my best interest to advocate stereotypes. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm kind of on the fence about whether or not I take it or leave it. Um, I think I'll take it just as long as it's done in good fun. Like if you, you, as long as you, it's understood, like widely understood that, you know, it's a meme. It's kind of just one of those things that I think it's a little self-deprecating. Yeah, and like, I, but I think you need a little bit of that too. And, and yeah. yeah, I think it's like a healthy dose of it. The, the culture's or the gamer culture's way of poking fun of just like you know current social norms and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Just like how you know you have these uh, talk show hosts like you know uh, John Oliver and Stephen Colbert basically just poke fun at Trump all the time, yeah. things like that, just because they're trying to diffuse the tension constantly. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. memes are just kind of like that. It's just like. There's some fun stuff to poke about. Maybe there's some stuff that's controversial. For sure. But you just make a meme about it and everyone kind of laughs and it sort of like dilutes the tension a little bit. Absolutely. So that everyone's not just at their throats or something. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, take it, but with uh, certain conditions. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're trying to convert a sale and not make anybody feel bad. There you go. But exactly. I think almost like real at some point because it's like you're, the, the Doritos and Taco Bell and like Mountain Dew, mm-hmm. it's like all that stuff is great. You know, <laughs> like the, even if it's shown in your face, ironically, it's yeah. like at some point you're like, man, I just I want some Taco Bell. I just it just works. It's just repet- repetition. Yeah, yeah, there's something about 1 a.m. where I'm like, mm, Taco Bell. And have you, you had want... the naked chicken chips? Oh, no, man. but it sounds delicious, and I have no. Oh, dignity, so yeah, I've it. seen them. I have not had them yet. I got served that ad uh-huh. on Twitch. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They know their audience. They, and they their have audience. new products weekly, so I just. I don't know. If there's like a loyal fan club, I need to be a part of it. A Taco Bell fan club? There should be. Or I'm sure there's something card. out there. Why hasn't that existed? Yeah, yeah. Because Taco Bell hit us up. Dollar. Yeah, where's the opportunity right there? There's no ROI on that. Everything's a dollar. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, if you get like the steak quesadilla meal with it. Anyway, <laughs> you know, we'll talk about that on another episode. Well, uh, that wraps up this segment and wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank Sam and Ian for coming in and talking nerd with us in regards to esports. Right. It's a huge industry and it's only growing. I can't wait to see what happens You've in the next few years. You've seen my true self now. Yeah. You oh, know what I'm like. Oh, we're, we are peeling back the <laughs> oh, onion. No. We are yeah. peeling the layers. It's dark in there. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back. All right, everybody, that concludes this episode of Provoke. Uh, Again, I'd like to thank Sam and Ian for coming in and talking to us, nerding out for a hot second or two about esports and just how it's pretty much going to take over the world in the next five to ten years. 
If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, as always, send them to provoke, P-R-O-V-O-K, at evokead.com. And be sure to follow Evoke on Twitter, at evokead, and on Facebook, at Evoke Advertising, to keep up with all of our contributions to the advertising world. And as far as today's quote's concerned, um, Aisha Tyler, who is the uh, voice of Lana on Archer, as well as an avid gamer and fantastic stand-up comedian, um, she said... The more people who come forward and talk about how much they love gaming, how much they talk about individuality and diversity, the more gamers of color that come out and gay gamers that come out to everybody and everybody talking about what they love. That's what the community has in common, a love of gaming. Y'all take care. <laughs>